You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I have interviewed lots of different people so far, and we've just gotten started. It's very exciting. And I've had um, some of my mentors on, my mentor mom and even my dad and um, Trisha Goyer. I've had some peers on, like um, Haley Morgan. And now I'm excited to interview another peer, but I also kind of feel like she's like, I don't know. I don't know. If, would you call me your mentor? I should introduce you. So today I have Crystal Stein on and Crystal is the mother of one adorable little girl. What is, what, and her name's Maddie. What, how old is she? She's two. She just turned two in November. Okay. Ador- She's so stinking cute. And I have like an almost two year old, but since he's my baby, I just view yours as different. Like you're just, she's adorable. But okay, since that's like my youngest and that's like your, your only right now, I mean, mm-hmm. am I your mentor? Let's just say it. I'm your mentor. You are. Totally. I, I look up, totally my mentor. I look up to you in everything you do. Yes. Absolutely everything. Yes. I stock everything you do. Excellent. So this interview what? is me with my mentee. No, I'm, <laughs> I just felt like it would be good to represent some. For anyone listening who um, is in a similar place as you, Crystal, it would be good to have you on the podcast and talking about God-centeredness and motherhood um, and your journey. And you kind of shared with me some of your story, and I thought it would resonate um, with listeners. So welcome. And Crystal, you – I was going to mention before we get into the interview, you you are a working mom – Mm-hmm. who just got a really cool new job. I what did. Your new job is the, and you told me, so I know all the fancy words, editorial and marketing manager for Encourage.com. It's a very cool title. Encourage.me. Dot me? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Already doing a good job marketing. <laughs> She's got it. Encourage.me. I'll make that sure to put that in the show to notes. see if I was on yeah. it. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're ahead of the job. You're already doing your research. And then you also do some VA work, which is like a virtual assistant helping bloggers and others with blog Mm -hmm. reviews and editing. Cool stuff. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Um, Okay. So let's go backwards, though, to before you became a mom. What was your story? Were you you like gung-ho, couldn't wait to have 40 million children? What was your story? No, that is not my story, and that actually makes me kind of break out into hives even thinking about it now when you said it, which is funny. Um, and by the way, your intro makes me sound way cooler than I am in real life. I am such a nerd. Um, so I grew up um, in a home with a single mom, and so um, I remember whenever I was little not wanting 
a family necessarily. I didn't want to be a mom. I didn't want to put my kids through, you know, sort of what we were going through and the challenges of that situation. And I have an amazing mom and, you know, amazing um, stepfather and just really great family. But in my head, I just had this vision of myself growing up and I was going to go to a fancy college and I was going to get an amazing degree and I was going to go travel the world and I was going to live in New York and I was going to, even then I wanted to do something in editing and writing and I wanted to work for a fancy newspaper or a magazine as an editor and um, live in, you know, an apartment, which I now know I'd never be able to afford because when you're a kid, you don't know that kind of stuff. Yeah. It just seems like that's what people do in the movies. And mm-hmm. so it totally made sense that this would be my life. I would be a, you know, a walking movie. Um, and kids did not play a part in any of that. Um, and it took a really long time, actually, um, for God to heal a lot of that struggle. And part of it was, you know, not necessarily trusting that I would be a good mom and I still have struggles with that and because I I never grew up around little kids and I never grew up around um, toddlers or babies or anything and I didn't know what to do with them and they totally freaked me out when I was around them and so I just I didn't think I was cut out for it I was like God didn't put me in any of those situations to prepare me for having this kind of life experience and so I just assumed that you know I'd probably get married Um, but you know, to go with my whole movie, like dream thing, I was very ambitious and also very, um, had had it in my head that I could do it all myself and I wouldn't need to rely on anybody else. Um, and so over the course of, oh, it took 28 years, um, God slowly started to heal different parts of that for me. And so he um, healed the trust issue that I had and um, put me together with my amazing husband. We actually are high school sweethearts. So we started dating um, the summer before our senior year of high school and stayed together through college. And, you know, part of those dreams did come true for me. I, I went to Villanova, so I got to cross the fancy schmancy, crazy expensive, and now regret having the college learning school office. <laughs> Um, so I can't say that that one worked out in the end exactly how I planned, but I do have the diplomas hanging on the wall. Um, they isn't that are not so however- true. Like we have these visions of these great goals that like to the world seem amazing. And then we look back and we're like, that's not actually <laughs> my favorite thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, so like, far I'm still paying for that college education. Yeah. Like really yeah. I would have been, you know, maybe, I don't know. I know. I probably would have been just as happy getting that same degree somewhere else and being did, able to, I don't know, but it was, did, did your husband think, go there too or did you? He did not. Okay. No, we, we did, um, the long distance relationship right. thing the whole time. And so he actually became a master. If anybody ever needs tips on how to transfer colleges, he did it, I think five times wow. while I stayed in one place. He just, he wasn't, he wasn't really settled on the college thing. Um, so you know, through all of that. And so we dated all through college and then got married. And he, he was very aware that I was skeptical about motherhood. And you knew, you told him from the get go, like I did. The kids are not my thing. And he was fine with that. He was quietly, um, he wasn't supportive of it, but I think that he was aware that God was going to change my mind before I did. Mm. And that always happens with him where, you know, he, 
will look at a situation that we're going through or something I say, and he just kind of quietly stands back and lets God do the work because he knows that that's not the end answer. And so he was just kind of like, okay, well, he's like, it's not a decision we have to make, you know, the second we get married. So he's like, that's fine. And, you know, then of course, you know, after God continued to work on um, my heart and just put just different situations. It was so funny. You know, the first five years of our marriage, it was, no, we're not having kids. We're happy. We're just going to, you know, be the two of us and travel and do all this stuff. And it was great. And then all of a sudden our friends started having kids. Yeah. That messes it up, doesn't it? And my sister had our niece and, you know, we'd go out for weekends and we'd hang out with them. And we were finally both around babies and toddlers. And we realized it's actually, you know, we're not sending them back broken or they actually kind of like us. And, um, you know, we're terrified of this, but it's not a definite no anymore. And so, um, it took, it took a while. It did. And it, um, so. Yeah. I think, I think in our story, it was kind of a similar, I was unlike, I was the opposite. I like, couldn't wait to have babies. And the second we got married, I was like, let's have kids. And I hadn't even worked (laughs) yet. And so my husband is wiser and he said, well, let's just, let's just wait a little while. And so we waited six years, but for him, and he was four years older than me. So, Mm. um, yeah, I think for him to switch over to be ready was when he had a nephew. And, like, mm-hmm. for some reason, like, a blood relative thing, seeing, you know, that person yeah. walking around and seeing the connection he had, he realized, oh, this, I could, you know, this does start making my heart pitter-patter for some, you know, little person in our home. Who knew they'd be yeah. four little people? But <laughs> that's Yeah, so far. Story. So far, ours is just the one, and we are we are okay with that. You but, are okay uh, with that. We are okay with that. For well, you right know, I now, just, so. I'm also encouraged by your story that your your husband was patient, um, mm. and and, di- and not badgering. Was he badgering? I mean, he didn't. Not. No. Okay. Every once in a while, we would talk about it, and you know, it was something that we both really felt like. At a certain point, we wanted to start praying about it because, you know, we didn't want to jump into being parents just because all of our friends were. We knew that was absolutely not the right reason. Um, And so it just got to the point where, you know, we didn't really talk about it a lot. It was sort of uh, something that we both just agreed we would pray about. And then, um, you know, we both were getting the same strong message from God that, you know, okay, I think that this is something that God's calling us to is to start our family now. Um, so, the, so once you decided, was it like done, uh, done deal? Well, y- yes and no. Uh, <laughs> and this is, it's funny. You had um, asked me to think about, you know, some of the more humbling moments of being a mom and, you know, part of my whole plan for my life growing up was that, I only ever did things that I knew I would be successful at. Um, I did not take risks that I thought I would fail at. And so it made me feel more successful because everything I did, I got to check off a list and say, you know, oh, I did a great job. I was able to do that. I knew I could do it. That's because I wasn't doing anything scary or hard. Mm-hmm. And so I just assumed, okay, we're, what, you know, it doesn't seem that hard. We're going to start a family and that's going to be it. And, um, you know, we did. Um, get pregnant right away whenever we uh, decided that we wanted to start trying. And, um, it was great. I was like, look, another thing I'm successful at, Mm. you know, that was super easy. And then I, it was, um, 
it was a really, really humbling experience for us because we miscarried that baby at 12 weeks. And so right at that moment, we had, you know, felt like we were getting through, you know, all those scary weeks that, you know, you're just not sure how things are going to go. And the end was in sight. And we're like, oh, we're almost to the second trimester. Mm. We had the we had the plan on how we were going to tell our family and, Mm. um, you know, all the cute little things for my niece that, you know, we were going to give her to help celebrate. And it's not how it turned out at all. And it was right before Thanksgiving uh, Mm. that it happened. And it was really a very, very hard year for us over the holidays. Um, Because in our heads, we had planned, like, this is just going to go so smoothly, and we're going to have all of this great stuff to celebrate, you know, and be thankful for over Thanksgiving and Christmas, and, you know, think of all the things we're going to get to buy, and suddenly it's just gone, and, you know, it was really, it was hard for me um, emotionally and physically, but also just spiritually, because I was questioning, why did God finally open my heart to this? And then I don't get to experience it. Mm. And for me now, looking back, you know, it reinforced for us. You know, we, we knew that we wanted to start our family. But after we lost that baby, we, there was no going back. We were going to have a child. Um, you know, and we didn't realize how desperately we were going to want to move forward after that. Yeah. And so um, it's one of those... Um, things that's so hard it was three years ago and even this Thanksgiving you know Matt my husband and I we talked about it even this year over Thanksgiving just you know thinking back about how hard that season was and um just how much God has redeemed it though um, through Madison so well I think I think that that's like more more often people's story I'm it's rare (laughs) that I'm it's rare that I meet a mom that mm-hmm. hasn't gone through a miscarriage. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just thankful that we live in a time where women are willing to talk about it mm-hmm. and to talk about the heartache and to talk about um, the process they went through spiritually and um, and you even sharing, you know, questioning God. I think it's okay to question God and say, why God? Because he wants us to talk to him mm-hmm. and, and it connects us to his heart. Um, he's not scared by our questions. Job questioned and for me I had a miscarriage between my first and my second and Mm. I remember when I first found out I was pregnant like they would have been really close in age and I was kind of frustrated and god why are you why would I be pregnant with you know it's too close and and then when the I lost the baby I was like devastated and you Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like you said you you hadn't really wanted to have kids and you finally come around to it and why God, why did you take this child away from me? Um, and yet my story for my second son is if I had had that child, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. be with us. And the same for you. Like if I'd had that child, we wouldn't have Maddie. And, um, it's part of her story, her Mm -hmm. God story of, you know, my life was special and God, God planned for me before. And just, it just helps build our faith that, even the hardest things eventually have purpose eventually mm, not something you want to hear in the moment but you had the miscarriage and how long after mm-hmm. did you get pregnant again? it was a couple months um probably let me think I'm awful at this I think it was February I guess the next year so it didn't take too long um, yeah so um 
because she was born in November. I think that math works. I don't know. I'm really... <laughs> if that doesn't make sense, somebody can correct me in the show notes. It's okay. <laughs> They're like, no, that would have been like eight yeah. months. Right, um, right. Yeah. Some reasonable... But, it wasn't like years of No, of no. It, it was the next year. And it was, you know, it, it was terrifying, to be honest, because of everything we had gone through, all of those it's sort of that ignorance is bliss uh, yeah. thing is gone after that first experience. And so every time we had a doctor's appointment and every time we did anything for those first 12 weeks, it was constantly comparing it to what happened last time and what mm. happened with our first patient. Mm. So um, there wasn't a whole lot of joy in those first 12 weeks. It was a lot of fear and anxiety and a lot of things that God really, you know, worked us through and walked us through because, you know, it sh- in our minds, what we should have been feeling and what we should have been excited for was replaced with such fear, and we didn't we didn't want that, but we didn't know how else to respond. And so, um, we really it was a time of real growth for us, um, both together as a, a husband and wife, and then also individually, spiritually, because we really just had to lean on God because there was absolutely nothing we. I mean, we knew at that point there was nothing we could do to control the situation. And I am so type A that I like to, I mean, I have color-coded spreadsheets and checklists and everything. And so, you know, anything being out of my control is just terrifying for me sometimes. And so this was one of those moments where, and it's funny when I look back on it now with a two-year-old, I was like, that was only the beginning. I yeah. am not in control anything anymore. Well, and that's like, what I was going to ask. You ask yeah. <laughs> when you ask about that humbling thing, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I feel like I fail all the time as a mom and yeah. everything is just trial by error. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, the, it's the humbling and the having the children that we lose control. It's like our first little taste. And then it's just a daily reminder. It is. That and we're out of control. It just makes me so grateful. The whole, you know, once we got through those first 12 weeks and we could really focus on the fact that we were going to have this amazing little girl and she has just changed our lives. There, she has taught me more about God and more about my faith and more about myself because she's my little mini me. I mean, everything she, she looks like me. She, you know, there's just things that she does where I just feel God whispering, you know, that's how I feel about you or, Mm. you know, that's how I see you or, you know, just little moments like that where I just can step back and God's saying, see how much joy she takes in those small things. Will you just do that too? Because I get so caught up in the detail. And so um, she has just been such a blessing to us. And um, I mean, of course, there are the crazy, ridiculous days where she, you know, throws the 20 minute temper tantrum on the floor. And I'm not sure if I should just walk away or try to scoop right. her up, or ice water on her. Like, what am I supposed to do right now? Um, you know, but it's been. I'll tell you, that's it's that is easier to handle by the fourth time around. <laughs> what do you do? Do you just walk away? <laughs> like, there's times when I know. <laughs> He just needs to be held, and that'll make him feel better. And there's times when it's like he didn't get his way, and he's mad that I just kind of am like, "I'm sorry, you're sad," and I walk away, and like no attention. And but before it just felt like this pull of like, "Why are you doing this to me? Like, how yeah. dare you throw a?" T- I mean, it felt so much more personal, and I was so much more emotionally wrapped up in their tantrums than I am now. Like, I literally can see it as this is the stage. I've seen this stage. Three you times before, <laughs> we will get through this stage. So yes. good, oh, there's hope. There is hope, <laughs> and I think that with my first poor guy, just the the total guinea pig. 
right? I mean, every stage for him is, it's the first time I've ever experienced it. So I have all these high expectations that he should act a certain way, forgetting that he's only eight. But mm. like eight in our little family, that's like the grown up. So yeah. you need to act like a grown up. You can't be like an eight year old. You need to be like a 20 year old. So anyway, yeah. My, yeah. And then the baby, it's like, oh, you're just a little baby. <laughs> like yeah, your world he's the oldest yours is the oldest go ahead I know and she um it's funny we have that conversation too about um forgetting how old she is or young she is I guess really mm-hmm. because she goes to daycare because I do work and my husband's a teacher and so we found an amazing Christian daycare and we just love them so much and so I mean they she comes home singing Jesus loves me and it's the cutest thing on the planet and we absolutely adore her teachers but she is learning so much so fast from being there and just being immersed with all the older kids and all the teachers and everything that they're, they're, you know, helping her with that we forget that she's only two sometimes. And so we have these moments where we're like, why are we expecting her to be able to sit or be quiet or, you know, behave a certain way? And she's two. like, this Mm -hmm. isn't in her, in her brain right now to even know how to do any of these things. And yet there's certain things she's advanced in that we're, we forget that she's not this, you know, little adult. She's two, she's a toddler, you know? And so uh, she's going to get frustrated and she doesn't have the vocabulary to express herself completely. And so sometimes it's, you know, a moment for us just to step back and, you know, be humbled again that, you know, all right, we're expecting too much. And, you know, it's in those moments too, where, you know, I have those, you know, God speaks to me and it's like, you know, I don't have those expectations for you either. You put those on yourself too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, God, another lesson for my toddler. Like I could probably write a whole book on lessons God teaches me from toddlers. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But because, because like we're in the sanctification process, right? We haven't arrived we're not, until we get to heaven. We won't mm-hmm. be exactly Christ-like, but we have expectations that we should be perfectly peace-filled and perfectly loving and perfectly kind and mm-hmm. we're not we're this is a journey <coughs> of becoming like him and through his spirit we can have moments of of christ-likeness but there's no way we can be christ every day day and day. <coughs> and poor crystal let me just say oh. poor crystal has had this horrible virus we had we postponed our interview just because of her poor cold. So excuse her yeah. cough. And then um, she's got a little background coffee coffee shop sound, if you haven't noticed. So yeah, there's our little... Makes really productive. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, okay. So you, thank you for sharing your mom's story. And thank you for sharing how you were humbled. Let's spend the last few minutes just talking about how do you, in those times when you just are like, want to throw your hands up and say, forget it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a failure as a mom. How do you get back recentered to to how God sees you? You you kind of alluded to when you know your daughter kind of mm-hmm. reveals a lot of God's pleasure in you through your pleasure in her. Um, are there any other like tips you have for a young mom or a new mom for how yeah. to get God centered? Um, and I. I'm not perfect at this, and it's funny. It's one of the things that I constantly, every year, I'm like, I'm going to try so much harder to be good at this. And um, I think it's just one of those, you know, lifelong processes for me that's just going to be me trying to to stay in the Word. And um, for me, the way that I stay, you know, 
centered is I have a, a group of real life friends who all had kids around the same time as me and so they have little ones the same age as me and so I have them that I can email at any time of day and say this is happening in my house right now and I feel like I'm going crazy and tell me that this goes away soon and they just cover me in prayer and tell me that it's going to be fine and point me back to Jesus and that is um such a blessing to me to be able to have that community that I can go to because I think that's so important that motherhood can feel very lonely and you can feel like you're in it all by yourself um, especially whenever it's new and you don't want to tell anybody else that you feel like you're failing because you're supposed to have it all together because that's just you know what our you know Pinterest perfect society tells us that we can't put anything out there that's not edited and wonderful and you know has a beautiful filter on it and so I think it's so important to have that community even if it's just one person or if it's um, you know women from church or you know their moms that you know online whatever it is to have that community that you can go to and just say you know, this is honestly what's happening right now and know that they won't try to fix it for you, but that they'll be there in prayer and support and love. And sometimes even um, the sharing truth in love, which you don't always want to hear, but, you know, sometimes just, you know, giving you that, okay, get over yourself. It's going to be fine. Um, is sort of the, you know, what I need to move forward in my day. Where did you Um, find, where'd you find those friends? I have known, well, one of them is my sister, my twin sister, oh, so I've known her. You have her a twin since, sister? That's like, hello, we should have that be your first <laughs> defining thing. I was going to ask you when you were talking about your home life, if you had any siblings, and that would have yeah. totally led into twin sister. I wow. know. Well, it was funny. The connection with my niece when she was an infant was so much more special, I think, because she really, there was no transition to warm up to me at all because mm. she could... Our, our girls can both tell us apart. I mean, they know who's mommy and who's the aunt. Um, but they were both very um, just loving immediately to both of us when we had our girls. So it was just that was really special that there was no sort of adjustment period to get used to somebody. She was just kind of like, okay, I'm, you're almost mommy, so that's cool. Um, very cool. So you have a twin sister. And then where did the other people come the other- from? Oh, the other two girls, Janelle and Heidi, I have known for more than a dozen years. Um, they, we became friends when my sister started dating her husband, and her husband was in a band with their husbands, well, their future husbands wow. at that point. They were, so I know, it goes back a long time. <laughs> so we've known each other since we were dating our husbands, and we were in each other's weddings, and we all had kids around the same time, and three of the four of us all live in the same town, so... That is that is a blessing. I definitely we moved a lot when we were first married, and we don't live where either of us grew up, so we kind of mm. just start fresh. But I was blessed to have a core group of women that I know I can call in a heartbeat, text in a heartbeat, just get prayer, mm. hugs over at church. Um, they were all in our like Sunday school class at the time, and then onto small group. Um, but I do think that is huge. I do think you know I th- sometimes God centered we immediately go to the Bible and prayer and Mm. those are essential, but we forget the community aspect of other moms and Mm. not the kind, like I've had been in play groups where it's a competition the whole time. Oh yeah. Who's walking first and especially with your first, I'll warn you, it gets better. I'll warn you. I'll encourage you. It gets better. (laughs) 
not warn you, encourage you. It gets better. Like I just felt like everyone was on there first. And so the only way to know how you're doing was to compare because you couldn't mm-hmm. compare to your other children. So you're going to compare to everybody sure. else's other children. And um, it was just, you know, how are you feeding your baby? How is your baby going to bed? It, it was mm-hmm. constant. I don't know. It wasn't as much encouraging as it was. Sometimes yeah, we're in the we're in the oh, is she potty trained yet? Yeah. Oh, you potty no. trained yours at eighteen months. Uh, oh no! Worst so now ever. I'm like, uh, like, can I just admit I'm putting it off because I'm yes, scared? Yes, please do. Just don't. No, put it <laughs> off because it's wise. That's my two cents. I'm sure someone oh, will put well, some well, review I, that I'm like anti potty training. But with four boys, oh, my yeah. one of my you know people say, "What was your biggest mistake?" It was forcing my oldest son to be potty trained. And just crying one Easter weekend because a friend had said, you put pull-ups on him? You should never put pull-ups on him. And so I'm like sitting there over him on the toilet, like screaming at him to go potty because we had to go to dinner and I didn't want to put a pull-up on him because he knew he'd have an accident at the restaurant. I, I will totally regret that. Like anything that like negatively impacts your relationship with your children is not okay. And mm-hmm. so adding extra stress to potty training, not okay in my book. I know. I feel like we could have a whole separate podcast just talking about that topic. Yes. <laughs> yes, totally. Okay. So your God-centered tip number one is have a group of friends that encourages you, that you can be vulnerable with, you can share real struggles, and they will come alongside you. And then you started yes. to say another thing when I interrupted you. What's your yeah. second thing? Yeah. The second thing for me is just finding finding ways to stay in the word that – fit your current season in life and your current schedule. Because for me, I don't have time to spend two hours in the morning, you know, digging deep into scripture and having this extended quiet time and playing worship music. And I really do want that um, in my life. And so I've tried to find ways to make it work that doesn't necessarily look like any program that's out there, but it works for me. And so, you know, I do hello mornings, which I just love. Um, a lot of times that works really well for me because I'll get up early and, you know, I don't always necessarily do the exact study, but it gives me a reason to be awake and be in scripture, even if it's just for a little bit and check in online, which I'm there anyway. So that, that kind of fits my season of life right now. And, um, getting up early has been so important. Um, and I haven't been doing it lately just because I've been sick and sleep trumps Bible study when you're sick, um, yes. sadly. But importantly, I guess, I think God understands that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, it's one of those things that I'm, I've am i struggled with. I'm not a morning person, but getting up and having that time just to myself before anybody needs me and anybody's asking me for anything. And I'm, you know, hunting down snow boots and coats and trying to put socks on a wiggly toddler, you know, yeah. to be able to just to have that, that moment with God where it's just him and me. And my husband has commented before that, you know, I'm a much nicer person when I get up early in the yeah. morning and do Bible study, which yeah. is funny. Yeah, I would think I'd be crankier, but apparently I'm nicer. So he is a big supporter of it and uh, has always been willing to, you know, get our daughter if she wakes up before I'm done. So that's been a blessing. But then also, you know, I've been doing um, Ann Voss Camp's The Greatest Gift for Advent, yes. um, her devotional, her new book that she has out. And it's funny, somebody was talking about, they're like, oh, I wish I had time to read it. I will tell you, I read that while I brush my teeth. It's, yeah, it's really fast. 
Yeah. It's really fast, and I'm not. I don't have to sit at a table with a candle lit and a cup of tea, and you know all the fancy schmancy, you know, decor around me right. and a comfy the chair ambience. to read it. The ambiance. No, I'm need like, to be oh, fancy. I have two minutes here where I need to be brushing my teeth anyway. I can hold a book in one hand and brush my teeth. So you know, well, and I, I literally I, like this weekend. I think I it was before church or something, and I normally get up, but we'd been out Saturday night, and so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna play Luke two on my phone like or Luke one and two um you know how they have where you can on you version you can play the yes, Bible like, I love read that. It to you and it's the guy who's does the C.S. Lewis plays and he's got this awesome voice so good. and oh my goodness it's amazing how when you're listening to it versus reading it how certain lines pop out mm. at you just the way yes. he emphasizes them and it ministered to me more than anything I you know just straight up bible being read to you mm-hmm. yeah you can, anybody can do that yeah and it's um you know and also uh dayspring has these awesome little day brightener like perpetual calendar things that, yeah like each day has like an inspirational quote or a bible verse or whatever and there's all different ones there's one for motherhood that encourage just put out which is awesome and I'm obsessed with it um and there's one that um, like Holly Girth has one and her stuff is always so encouraging. I mean, that's just kind of who she is. So, you know, those little moments just to have those kind of scattered throughout my day. And then I just make a point to, you know, I listen to podcasts on my drive to work and I listen to worship music on my drive to work. And so I fit it in where I can, um, you know, and it, it's not any set specific time, but it's just finding those little things that work in this season. And, you know, it's going to look different whenever Maddie's older and she sleeps till 11 and, that's going to be fantastic. And I'll have two hours to, you know, have a quiet time before I drag her out of bed when she's a teenager. So, um, you know, and I can look forward to that, but right now, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not feeling guilty that it doesn't look like whatever, what I think it's supposed to look like. It's finding what works for me and just finding joy in the fact that right now this is what I can do and it's working for me. And, you know, God is speaking to me through it and changing my heart, my life through it. And I'm going to take it and, you know, consider it a gift from God that I can do any of these things um, with technology and the time that I have. And um, so, well, and I think, I think that's, it's really good to remember in all of this um, that we don't do these things, spend time with God, spend time in his word, pray with our friends because we have to and if we don't do it god's gonna smite you down it's Mm -hmm. because he wants his best just like you're saying how you view maddie you see how god views you he wants you to have the best life you can have and he knows that the best life you can have is when you are anchored in truth when you Mm -hmm. feel his filling of the holy spirit when you are guided by him and when your focus gets off your own problems and your own anxieties and your own stresses and your own efforts, then you are more joy-filled and more peaceful. It's not like he's standing over you with like a whip, like, read your Bible, (laughs) (laughs) lady. It's more just like, this is a better way to go. Like you really will find, just try Mm. it out. I dare you, try a week where you just change up the schedule and 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 not wait and see if you have time but like put it in first and make it an appointment in your calendar if you have to and yeah. see if if you feel a difference and and that's God's favor that's his grace that 
Wow, when you pursue these things, you will find joy. Mm. And peace. Amen. What a good word. All right. Well, Crystal, sadly, our time is up. Which I know. is so amazing. It goes so fast. Um, but thank you for coming on and sharing your story and sharing um, what God has been doing through motherhood for you. And I can't wait to see what comes of all you are doing. You're just starting out. So much growth and joy to come. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much for letting me jump in and be part of your awesome podcast. I'm so excited. Well, it's a treat for me, too. I love talking. Yay, yay. Thank you all for listening. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.